0: Daily Drive is brought to you by eBay Motors. Auto dealers, are you missing the most engaged buyers because you don't know where to find them? At eBay Motors, you'll find buyers so motivated, they purchase a car or truck once every three minutes. Just call 866-210-5362 and mention code AUTONEWS to get 50% off your first two months.
1: Hi everyone, I'm Steve Schmidt with Automotive News. Welcome to Daily Drive for Friday, October 29th. The digital exhaust. Data streaming off of cars, manufacturing plant floors, people, buildings, bridges, and, well, frankly, almost anything these days. To give you some context, according to an October 4th blog post on techjury.net, in 2020, people created 1.7 megabytes of data. Every second. Cloud data storage around the world will surpass 200 zettabytes by 2025. Just one zettabyte equals about 1 trillion gigs. And the number of IoT devices on the planet will exceed 25 billion in 2030. That includes cars. The challenge many companies face right now is how to manage, interpret, and make decisions based on that data. David Halleck, founder and CEO of Viaduct, and his team are working to tackle that challenge by using artificial intelligence to help automakers, suppliers, and fleets improve product quality, streamline manufacturing, lower warranty expense, improve customer experience, and generate new revenue streams. He says the opportunities those efforts can unlock are significant. For example, being able to identify anomalies in the manufacturing process, allowing companies to quickly and proactively address quality issues. Being able to predict a component failure before it happens, thus improving uptime in fleet operations and improving the customer experience. In the context of crawl, walk, run, Halleck believes companies in the automotive industry are walking today. He also says that's okay, because he also believes that harnessing the power of AI starts with taking baby steps, learning, adjusting, and then doing a little more. He also says that baby step approach can deliver early improvements to the organization. What other kinds of opportunities can AI unlock? How-go conversations Halleck and team are having with automakers and suppliers? And beyond the technology, what skills do companies need to harness the power of AI? We've caught up with Viaduct founder and CEO, David Halleck, in Palo Alto, California. David, thanks so much for joining me today on Daily Drive. How are you?
2: I'm doing well, Steve. Uh, Thanks for having me on, and uh, how are you?
1: I'm doing wonderful. Thank you for taking a few minutes out of your schedule. It's good to speak with you. Thanks for joining me on the show. Why don't we start with telling our audience a little bit about Viaduct?
2: Yeah, sure. Absolutely. We are a machine learning startup based in Palo Alto, and we're focused on helping OEMs and suppliers analyze their, their connected vehicle data with our cloud-based solution.
1: So what kind of opportunities does connected car data unlock, and how does artificial intelligence, AI, help make that data usable?
2: Sure. I think the auto industry has seen this huge shift in the past few years from how do we collect data from vehicles to what do we do with all this data streaming in? And along those lines, there's there's a huge variety of applications that, that can be unlocked. But in the immediate term, specifically what we've been focused on is what we view as the highest impact challenge, which is around vehicle health and quality. By combining manufacturing, telematics, repair data, even external data sources, we've shown that you can deliver tangible significant PNL value by, by doing things like reducing cost of quality, increasing vehicle uptime, uh, af- optimizing aftermarket supply chains, and even building entirely new connected services that, that directly improve the customer experience.
1: So you talk about improvements, any specific performance metrics that have that are the result of having a good connected car data strategy, improved uptime by X percent, improved customer satisfy, satisfaction by X percent, any trends you're seeing that you could share with our listeners?
2: Yeah, I think there's there's a lot of trends and, and specifically around, uh, so we have two core products. They're, they're called smart service and smart quality. Smart service is essentially predictive maintenance. And here we focus on optimizing service schedules and especially doing so around systematic quality issues. What we've seen is with a a well-run connected car uh, data strategy, you can uh, and what we've shown is we can reduce warranty costs by up to 30% for these specific issues while obviously having plenty of of side benefits like improving owner satisfaction, preventing on-the-road failures, reducing vehicle downtime, etc. And on the smart quality side, it's really focused on time to identify and time to fix issues in new vehicles. And we've seen that a a well-run strategy using specific algorithms for these problems can catch systematic quality issues on the order of three to six months earlier than than a lot of existing methods employed at, at OEMs.
1: Well, as you say, not only the business, the operational benefits that come from that, but if you can predictively plan for and 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 uh, address these potential issues. Customer satisfaction goes, goes through the roof. Exactly. So what's your assessment of how well automakers, suppliers, and even dealers might understand the opportunities available to them using connected car data?
2: I think the industry at large really recognizes this opportunity and is is taking clear and 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 big steps to act on it but but it's a, a long race, and I think we're very much in the early innings here so there's there's a long way to go for for us and for the industry at large
1: and how focused are these companies, maybe even the broader industry in embracing these opportunities you say there's a a long way to go so so if we use the crawl walk run scenario where's the industry and and where do these companies perhaps fall in that in that scenario
2: that's uh that, that's a good analogy I, I think definitely the companies are focused on this but but with so many competing priorities if i had to choose i'd probably say somewhere in the walk stage and the reason for that i would add is is unlike other technology challenges the problems here are, are not well defined So for example, if you're building a a perception system for a new ADAS module, you you have a very well-defined problem. Let's say detect where the lane is and make sure I'm in the middle of it. But if you're focused on vehicle quality, predictive maintenance, the questions are much more open-ended. It may be something like predict which vehicles are going to fail. But if warranty data is untrustworthy, if warranty data takes two months to arrive, how do you even build a machine learning model to predict it if you don't trust the labels? And questions like these, I think, are... A real web to untangle, and and we're taking right steps. The industry is taking great steps. Um, I think they're more open to working with external providers. They're trying new algorithms. They're 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 pushing uh, pushing in a lot of different directions, but but still very much a, a long way to go here. So,
1: how are you advising your clients given that question? And frankly, what what kinds of other questions
2: are you getting from your clients? Yeah, we get. the, uh, a lot of questions. I think uh, OEMs and suppliers know know how to ask a lot of questions, but the main one we get is 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 how does your technology compare to the solutions we're now using in house? And I think here the the main nuance is that off the shelf machine learning will will help, but it will only get you so far. So we we spun out of academia a few years back. I personally originally started working on connected vehicle data about a decade ago during my PhD at Stanford. So we know that that tools like AutoML can can lead to significant performance boost over statistical methods, but to really take the next step, I, I would say you need to build custom algorithms from the ground up for connected vehicle data, which I, I haven't seen a lot of people doing, and is something that we've really been focused on at this point for for over a decade, and and frankly has helped us scale as fast as we have these past few years.
1: When I've looked at and and learned about various software solutions applications within the automotive industry. Oftentimes, the issue of scale comes up, meaning there would there's just one business unit, a narrow set of an enterprise, a global multinational corporation that is leveraging this technology. And as a result, the full benefits of scaling this kind of stuff across the entire enterprise is not fully recognized. My question is even if you start using the connected car data in the way that you're describing are there benefits if it's not scaled across the entire organization?
2: I think there are certainly benefits um but but this is one of those things where you need to you need to be taking baby steps while working towards a broader strategy and and again I think one of the things that that really interested me about the automotive industry is is the scale that all these OEMs and suppliers operate on. So if you're saving a couple percentage points on, on warranty cost, that on a single vehicle will help a little bit, but across a million vehicles, across 10 million vehicles is really where, where the, the eight, nine, 10 figure impact is, uh, is, is seen most, most notably. So, so what we see is that, you know, these are, these are not overnight snap your fingers and 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 everything changes transitions. These are much more, gradual processes so you take these steps along the way and and work towards that scale while while always keeping the finish line in sight which is getting this in every vehicle of uh in every vehicle across the world
1: put yourself in an executive's shoes that's listening to the conversation that we're having right now interested in this scaling this across my entire enterprise could seem intimidating could seem overwhelming you're talking about taking baby steps. Where's the first baby step? Where, where do we start?
2: Yeah, um, you know, there, there's, there's no easy answer here. Um, I think really it's, uh, as I said earlier, it's just taking things one step at a time. If you want to have these, these massive impacts, there, there, there are billions of dollars at stake here. Um, but, but trying to solve it all at once, trying to, to it's boiling the ocean. You're, 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 you're not going to be successful. And so, what what we see, and and maybe the, the advice uh, you, know, you can take take or leave my two cents at at your will. But um, you know, the advice I'd give is is make sure you think about how to collect small wins along the way, while building towards that future where you know whether it's two years from now, ten years from now, um, you, you know you reach this finish line and and fundamentally change the vehicle ownership model. You fundamentally ensure zero quality issues. That you catch any systematic issues as soon as they're they're, they're built in before even the vehicles are on the road. So I I think really it's, it's seeing the big picture, but, but thinking small and starting small while recognizing that even the small wins along the way can, you know, using data that's available today, there's, there's serious value and, and the, the the benefits of, of starting investing in this area, even today are, are immediate and will compound uh, over the next few years, which, uh, which is something we're, we're very excited to be a part of and very excited to, uh, to watch the industry grow into.
1: We'll be right back with more.
0: The most motivated car buyers aren't knocking on your door anymore. They're online, but you don't have to look far. You can find them at eBay Motors. Our platform features over 7 million engaged users. Our buyers are so engaged, they enter over 3 billion search impressions per month and buy a car or truck every three minutes. Today's car buyer has high expectations when they browse online. eBay Motors helps you meet those expectations. Use machine learning with our AI-driven vehicle pages, and you'll automatically optimize your buyer's experience. It's as easy as listing your inventory and watching as the most engaged buyers find you. If you've ever uploaded your automotive inventory to a website, you have more than enough skills to get your cars listed on eBay Motors. It will feel like you're setting up an entirely new car dealership within minutes. Once you list your available inventory, you'll have additional support from the platform, including a single destination page for your entire brand. Want to generate more sales automatically? eBay Motors lets you choose between auction, classified, and fixed-price listing options so the site does the heavy lifting. It even integrates with your existing dealer or vehicle management system. All you have to do is list your inventory. Sit back, relax, watch a movie, and then check back in to see the sales you've made. How do you start? It's as simple as creating an account. Call 866-210-5362 and mention the code AUTONEWS to get 50% off your first two months. Find out why selling cars has never been this easy. That number again, 866-210-5362.
1: So what about from a talent perspective if I want to build scale my connected car data strategy and recognize the benefits that you've outlined in our conversation what kind of skills do I need to have on my workforce to be successful in that regard
2: Yeah I think there's there's a lot of different skills that that need to be combined together to really scale a data strategy at uh, at a organization as complex at an OEM but but maybe if I had to, to pare it down to to one word or I guess two words I'd call it data fluency I think it's really uh, across lots of industries the most undervalued skill um, and and really it's it's my recommendation and I think specifically the talent that needs to be hired is that every company needs people who want to live and breathe being in the weeds of massive data sets uh, i I spent many years again I come from an academic background so you know, I, I'm, I'm maybe I'm biased here, but but I feel like the people who who really want to deal with understanding the nuances in data, asking the hard questions, detecting uh, you know wearing their detective hats and and figuring out what's wrong in the data, and especially the people who who want to do that not with kilobytes of data but with terabytes or petabytes of data. These are these are not easy skills to find. You need to become you know, technical enough to look through large data sets. You need to be investing in tooling and and support and and and, and just sort of general training in, in analyzing large data sets while still understanding both the statistical modeling, the statistical uh, nuance needed to, for example, build a predictive maintenance model and simultaneously understand the business well enough to know what data is needed, what data is missing, and what data is... Uh, is going to help you unlock these use cases that that everyone sees in front of them and everyone recognizes are there, but no one has really been able to successfully grab by the horns and 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 sort of push the industry down that critical path that that we all want to move towards.
1: Well, it's such an interesting point of view, and and you're spot on. For years, this or this industry struggled with attracting data scientists and data engineers and and the folks with the types of skills that you're you're describing. Now, I'm not sure where the industry sits at this point, but I have to believe that this notion of cars are rolling machines with billions of lines of code, probably more so than a lot of machines out there. I have to believe that this industry is starting to attract the folks with the type of skills and the type of of know-how that you're describing. I don't know, but I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful.
2: I, I think so, and I I think again I uh, I have a n of one here with with what we've been looking for at Viaduct, but I really think that you know, cars are are pretty much a software problem at this point, and and it that resonates with people, and and the the same Stanford PhDs who a decade ago wanted to sell ads at at Google and Facebook are now recognizing that the biggest impact they can have is is in the real world. It's by using leveraging data being collected by by millions tens of millions hundreds of millions of vehicles on the road today and developing new solutions new processes new new algorithms and and the impact it's it's both large and immediate there's updates that you can make that that you can point to to the value you're you're pulling you're, you're preventing vehicles from failing on the road you're building new services that that millions of users at the flip of a switch can start leveraging and enjoying the Everything is there. The formula is there, and I think people are starting to really realize that the time is now for them to, to to both be jumping into the industry and as as the automotive industry as as a whole to be hiring and investing in this talent to to help take that next step and really push push the connected vehicle space to uh, to, to to the next level of maturity and the next uh, the next series of applications that that we all know we need to develop.
1: So earlier in our conversation, you shared a little bit on what you're doing to advise your clients, the questions you're getting from some of your clients. Can we go a little bit deeper? Can you share, um, are there, are there OEMs? Are there, there suppliers that you're speaking with And, and how go those conversations is, is the advice you're giving resonating with those folks?
2: I, I, I think so. Yeah. I think we, uh, you know it's it's often hard to break in as a small company in in an industry when you're selling to fortune one hundred fortune two hundred size companies but but it's really i think our our growth has 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 grown exponentially and it's been very very exciting to see and and specifically we we primarily work with both the oems and and the tier one suppliers who who build a lot of the components around that that, that make their way in the vehicles and for both of them i think they they both recognize the value that we can provide. They challenge us. They ask us great questions, and and we learn from every conversation we have with them. And and more broadly, I see a, a really great synergy emerging with with all of our clients at, at this point. All of our customers. These are you know large companies that, uh, uh, in, in a way, I was a bit nervous of, of starting to work with, and and you know, you, you see them, you see their stock price and you see their, their valuation and the number of employees they have. It's, uh, it, it, you see a lot of opportunity, but there's also a, a little bit of a, a fear there. And, and from us, at least, I think they've been extremely receptive to what we've done. They've given us amazing pushback and feedback on, on things that has helped us improve our product. And, and more broadly we've, you know, they, they've, they've helped us i think it's been a very synergistic partnership with uh pretty much everyone we've worked with uh these past few years
1: so what's next in viaduct's exciting journey what are you most excited about what is the next major milestone that we need to be watching for
2: yeah i think uh you know i, I think we're just getting started and that's <laughs> that's what gets me excited here um i think for us you know we we are we we spent the past couple years really focused on proving out our technology proving out our use cases proving out that you know in in certain applications there is real serious tens of millions of dollars PL impact that we can have by better leveraging predictive maintenance better leveraging early anomaly detection to reduce warranty costs to catch systematic issues sooner etc but you know as as we move now from you can call us an early stage startup to a, uh, a slightly larger company, uh, though, in the grand scheme of things, I think, unless you're like 50 years old, you're still a new company in the automotive space. Yes. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's really about how we, we get our technology in the hands of more, more OEMs, in the hands of more suppliers, in, in the hands of more drivers on the road. And for me, that, that, that next stage is, is what gets me excited. You know, the technology is great. The technology is fun. The technology is is what I've le- lived and breathed for the past decade. But, but bringing this to market, scaling it, and and making sure that we can we can impact the lives of of everyone who gets behind the wheel of a car uh, these these next uh, you know in the next five ten years is is really what what gets me uh, excited and gets me energized to go to work every day.
1: I'm curious, and, and we'll close with this question. We've talked about what you and your team are doing around the product, the physical product, the data coming off the cars, the data coming off the manufacturing plant line, the components, any future plans to apply what you're doing around the physical product and offer some sort of predictive insight into consumer behavior? Is that possible?
2: Uh, It's definitely possible. I think from our end, it's it's very much in scope. I think we are capable of of building these predictions i think for for us one of the main challenges especially as as you go from you know zero and one customers to getting more and more of these customers we we get requests left and right we need to be very focused on what we what we analyze and and how we devote our resources and our time and the way i view it is there are certainly applications there that that we can really derive insights for, but for us, we would need a design partner. We need very specific questions, very specific targets that we need to hit, so we can understand: Hey, if we can predict X with Y accuracy, then there is this many millions of dollars or this many tens of millions of dollars of benefit because of A, B, and C. And for us, that's sort of how we've we've gone in a principled way and, and really focused on these two use cases around predictive maintenance and early uh, early systematic issue detection and as we build out our, our portfolio of products, I think really we're we're motivated by impact here We just want to see where predictive analytics in and machine learning specifically in the connected vehicle space can can have the largest the largest effect the largest impact and and really improve the driving experience as much as possible for for drivers on the road both of passenger vehicles and of trucks, of course.
1: David, thanks so much for joining me on Daily Drive today. Terrific insights, fascinating story. Congratulations to all the success you and your team are having. We look forward to continuing to watch Viaduct and seeing some more exciting stories in the future. Thanks.
2: Absolutely. Thanks so much, Steve. It's been a a pleasure.
1: That's Daily Drive for Friday, October 29th. For breaking news, go to autonews.com. And to catch up on all of our episodes of Daily Drive, go to autonews.com forward slash Daily Drive. As always, thanks for listening. Have a wonderful weekend. We'll be back on Monday.